As he walked across the work parking lot to his car, he looked forward to spending the evening with his family. He'd stepped down from men's ministry so he could be home more. During this time, he had been shown many sins and weaknesses. That he could repent for being prideful and receive God's grace and forgiveness was priceless. Dealing with himself automatically took his personal judgments off of his wife. Throughout summer, Brian had been working furiously on his own shortcomings in hopes Mona would see change in him. But she was so focused on making everything perfect, she failed to notice. That wasn't the point of him changing. But whatever was keeping his wife from forgiving herself was limiting her acceptance of grace. Brian had kept his promise and commitment to God that he would step aside and trust in him to bless Mona with freedom. He knew God was faithful and it would come. He climbed into the mini SUV and tossed his briefcase on the seat next to him, and he started the ignition. The object Zoe had bought him swung leisurely above the dashboard, bringing their recent family vacation to mind. It was at least one time during the summer that Mona had let down her guard of perfection. He grinned at recalling his wife sliding down the humongous water slide at the amusement park. She'd screamed her head off, and when she landed in the whirlpool below, where he waited, she'd punched him in the shoulder, then immediately wrapped herself around him, half angry, to have been talked into the ride and half pleased that she'd done it. On the way out of the theme park, Zoe asked for $5. She'd wanted to buy him a Father's Day present. Unsure what he was going to get from an amusement park, He couldn't say no to Zoe and the mention of Father's Day. He fingered the rearview mirror piece she'd bought that day, reflecting on how much he loved it. Tranquility filled Brian like it hadn't in a long while. In fact, a spontaneous idea hit. He would buy Mona flowers. He hadn't surprised her like that in forever. She always said it was a waste of money because flowers die, so he didn't do it as often as he wanted. Well, It was now September, and they were doing better than ever, so he would bless her with flowers, whether she liked it or not. The vase was heavy, and the clerk at the florist shop emptied out half the water, placing it in a box so he could drive without it spilling all over. He eyed it skeptically before settling it in the passenger's seat the best he could without squishing the bouquet. He started the car. On the turn, Brian held it steady with one hand. With the required sharp turn to get on the highway successfully maneuvered, Brian loosened his grip on the vase and focused on the road, eager to get home to dinner. One thing with Mona's incredible cooking as of late, he always looked forward to eating dinner together every night. In his rearview mirror, he noted a motorcyclist weaving dangerously in and out of traffic. It prompted him to check his own speedometer. He was going 53 in a 50, and that bike was fast approaching. Brian shook his head. Carelessness equaled stupidity in his book. On his left, he saw a freight truck pulling out of a grocery store parking lot. He looked back and saw the motorcycle guy bearing down the road. Brian had a car on his right and couldn't get over. No matter, motorcycle guy would have to wait. There was simply no room for him in between them. But the guy in the truck wasn't staying put but pulling out. Didn't he see them? Just in the nick of time, the car on the right sped up, leaving room for Brian to pull over. At the same time, the motorcyclist took his lane, and the guy in the truck pulled out so Brian couldn't whip back over. 
out of nowhere, Motorcycle Guy had hit something and was flying over the hood of Brian's car. In reaction, Brian swerved to stop, sideswiping the truck. It all happened so fast, and in horror, all he could think of was the man without a helmet in a leather jacket smashing into his hood, his door being ripped off and feeling a chill in the air. He didn't know how long he was out, but it must have been only minutes as he heard sirens barreling down loudly around them. He couldn't move. He was on his side, nearly eating asphalt. He spit out some gravel. Why was he on the ground when his seatbelt was still on? He heard shouting, someone crying out about a fire, about a dead man. He wasn't dead, so who was? His head was pounding and his arm felt like ice, but he was stuck. Where was this fire? Were they going to blow up? He tried to shout that he was fine, to please get him out of this wreckage before he blew up, but no words came. It was all echoing around in the pounding of his head. There was a sound of metal screeching near him, and he was losing consciousness again. The last thought he had before going black was whether or not Mona would receive her flowers.